Welcome back to Y2 Kids. My name is Taylor. And my name is Patrick. And this is the long-awaited return of our 100 years of Disney, Disney Centennial Celebration. Taylor, you know the last episode we put out of this uh, you know, series that we're doing? No, I don't. It was in May. Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute. That's not our fault, okay, right before we were going to drop, I think we were skipping June because it was like our birthday month and we took some time off, whatever, um, of, the, of this pod. Uh, we were about to drop our July episode and uh, all the strikes started happening. And as folks of this, uh, folks who listen to the show know, we kind of shifted. We thought this show's like a little too celebratory of stuff um, to just like, you know, gush about the products of these studios, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about it before. We don't need to talk about it again. And so Disney especially. We didn't want to be like, man, Disney is awesome, <laughs> you know, uh, when when the studios were, were being terrible. So we kind of put it on pause. Um, the studios are still terrible. Disney is still terrible. Um, but the strikes are over, and Disney is a huge, huge part of our childhood. And I was kind of bummed because, you know, I'm not at all going to make this about me, but I was so excited for that series. And we had like five or six more episodes planned and a ton of movies we wanted to watch. And I kind of felt like a little unfinished business. And so I'm glad that in this calendar year we could squeak in just one more 100 Years of Disney episode uh, to just kind of wrap it up and feel like um, we were able to, to um, put the kibosh on that. Yes, it felt very, you know, uh, just unceremonious uh, how things ended, and so I'm glad that we can kind of get some closure with the series with a movie that I was very excited about from the get-go. Yeah, it was also our last episode was the Little Mermaid episode, which, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, somehow it came down to my favorite Disney movie or your favorite Disney movie, and you won? Uh, I think I just decided. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. Um, yeah, so when we set out to do this, we kind of had our picks, and then, um... Well, we, like, drafted. We sat down, and we were like, okay, I want to do Snow White, because it was the first one, and then you're like, I want to do Lady in the Tramp for Valentine's Day, and, like, we went back and forth, and then, yeah, obviously, all that happened. But now that all of these months have been skipped, we just kind of had to, like, pick one now to close us out. And unfortunately, I was just very excited about, um, well, unfortunately for Patrick, great for me. Um, I was just really excited about this one pick. And um, Patrick had to uh, had to forgo his beloved Great Mouse Detective. Uh, would you like to talk about Great Mouse Detective for a second? I'll give you the floor for, like, one minute. One whole minute. Wow. Thank you. Um, it's a brilliant movie. It's the best Disney movie. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, you click on the title of this episode, you know what it is. It is um, The Fox and the Hound. We're going to talk about another Disney Dark Ages film. And obviously a lot of that has to do with like what was going on in the company. But I love a lot of these Dark Ages movies. You know, a lot of people skip over them. I think Great Mouse Detective is uh, a masterpiece. Um, I think it's so, 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 so much fun and a childhood favorite in, in our video room that we're in right now. We have an entire section dedicated to the Great Mouse Detective. Um, I love it so much. Fox and the Hound we're talking about today is one of your picks. Um, another 1980s Disney, Dark Ages, um, I think sort of underappreciated uh, uh, classic. Yeah, so... 
To give you a little bit of a backstory on on me in this movie, this is not a movie that I had at home on VHS, but it was a movie that my grandma, my Amy, uh, that's what I call her, so you'll hear me refer, I'm not saying Miami as in the city, I'm saying my Amy as in my grandmother. My space Amy. Yes. Um, and so uh, my Amy had it on DVD, or on v- VHS, sorry, um, on VHS, and I specifically remember I watched, I used to watch it in her bedroom, so I think that that's just where the I think that's definitely a Y two kids memory. So like, even though uh, you know this Disney celebration is like reaching out of our ninety five to two thousand five realm, that's kind of the special bit that we were doing. And obviously, Fox and the Hound is eighty one. Um, I think a core Y two kids memory is like getting stuffed in the bedroom that has the VCR and being left there for hours. Yeah, exactly. And also, I feel like um, the the memory of like oh, this wasn't a home movie, this was a grandma movie. Like, we did, um, um, oh my gosh, the Egyptian movie that I'm blanking on. The Prince name. of Egypt? Prince of Egypt, thank you. Um, and that was a car movie for you, because you watched it on a portable player. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this was a Miami's bedroom movie. It was this, The Sorcerer's Stone, is that what it's called? The Sword in the Stone. Okay, The Sword in the Stone, and I think maybe Robin Hood as well. Sorcerer's Stone is Harry Potter. Okay, that's what I thought, but... Is there, like, The Sorcerer's Apprentice or something? Uh, no, that's, uh, like, a 2010 movie. Okay, I'm, I'm getting all these things mixed up. Um, but You're I, thinking of The Sword and the Stone. Okay, so it was, I remember those movies, but The Fox and the Hound was my favorite, and I used to watch it all, th- all the time over there. I loved it. I thought it was so cute. I loved the animation. I love foxes and woodland animals. My favorite animal of all time is a raccoon. Um, probably followed very closely by foxes. I feel like, you know, we, we've seen a couple in our area recently, and I just, like, literally make Patrick pull over. I had to pull over the other night, like, yeah. two or three <laughs> nights ago. Yeah. yeah, like, I just make him pull over so I can gawk at, at these adorable creatures. Um, but, yeah, I always loved Fox and the Hound. And I will say, like, watching it, it was very um, – I definitely remembered a lot. There was a lot that I didn't remember, though, or I think, like, I remembered and went, like, huh, I never connected those dots before, or, like, huh, I don't think that theme really uh, was able to stick with me when I was five years old. Um, So lots to talk about with this, more than I even thought that we were going to have. I thought I was just going to be like, it's so cute. Um, A lot to dive into. This is a great movie. Uh, And so when I say there's a lot to dive into, that means it's a good thing. Like, it's very rich with things to talk about. Um, before we jump into all that, though, our snack of the week, okay, i got to be honest, folks, we've been slacking on the snack of the week. And, and I think that's just in general, being unable to talk about movies for a while, um, a lot of, like, my driving force of my snacks, at least, is, like, pairings, like, picking things that go with the movie, or picking, like, activities that go with the movie. I'm, like, I'm thinking, you know, I found those Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends coloring books, that's why I chose that show, and that's what we did, right? And so, like, not being able to do that, I've kind of been, like, a little wishy-washy. Um, we're still going to be bi-weekly for the next couple weeks, but when we come back in 2023, I'm going to be uh, movie picking and snack of the week picking um, full force. Uh, and so I had to pull something out that we already had and that we eat every day. <laughs> Okay. Okay. These are not nostalgic at all. No, they're not. Um, but they are in a way because they're like little dippy things. 
dare I check the check the reserves and see if there might be something slightly more nostalgic? No. And what this is, folks, this is PB&C from Trader Joe's. This is peanut butter and chocolate. Little snack duo. You take the chocolate wafer and you snick it. St- Stick it in the peanut butter. Okay, is this why I haven't been vibing with them? Because I didn't realize it was chocolate. And I've been like, where is the jelly taste? (laughs) Oh my god. And I bought these um, for work. uh, And then I realized that I can't have peanut butter at work. Because I have a a student with a peanut allergy. So I was like, oh, I can only eat these at home. I'm an idiot. And I have one more and we're about to go on a trip. So this is what we're going to have for our snack of the week. All right, let me ask you something. Well, here, here's where we'll, we'll get into the Y2K of it all. Because in my, my, in my head, it was like, you know, you get the apples with the little peanut butter thing. Or... Well, you know what it really was for me? Mm-hmm. It was the crackers and cheese with the little red scrapey thing. You know, like, it was like, they were, they were like long, they were like club crackers, but like really long and skinny. And it was like orange cheese and had a little red scraper thing that you would like spread the cheese with. I was, me and my mom were fucking obsessed with those, dude. Obsessed. Like Ritz handy snacks? No, 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 no. I, oh my gosh. Red scraper. Like, yeah, it had like a red, like, like it wasn't a scoop, it was just a rectangle, and that's how you like got the cheese on there. I feel like it's like kind of in my head somewhere. Oh, 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 right here, right here, right here. Yeah, it's that, it's that. I don't know what brand that is. Ooh, barely 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 do i remember this oh no that was like i've talked before i have i have a semi almond mom but that is like a processed food that we would eat up oh no i loved them no the little like breadstick things no i love them i preferred the ritz but i would eat those too i love fake cheese i love real cheese too but i love fake cheese like that was never something that i was too good for and these things are so good. I wish I could take them to work. <laughs> yeah. I well, love peanut butter. I like them better now that I know that they're chocolate and not funky jelly. <laughs> you were like, God, this jelly really just tastes dry. Yeah. Well, here's a real question. Did you, when you, okay, first of all, what brand of peanut butter did you use? Uh, Peter Pan, I believe. What the fuck? <laughs> Who uses Peter Pan? I think. Who? I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever used Peter Pan. Jeff, maybe? We were a Jeff household. I was curious because if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, and take this however way you want, if that's negatively, so be it, but it is my truth. You scream goober. You no. s- You scream, like, no. peanut butter and jelly mix. No, 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 no. Just because I am a goober does not mean. I tried that one time just because I was curious. Did you ever have it? Um, maybe against my will. It's, like, not bad. That's what, um, I saw, like, a, you know, they'll have, like, not Vogue, but, like, you know, certain outlets will have, like, um, people try each other's snacks or whatever from their countries, and it'll be, like, you know, a British person and an American person, and they try each other's whatever. And someone, I saw one where, like, the thing was goober. (laughs) Well, I don't think that's authentic enough, but anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, so we were definitely a Jif household. You did not grow up in a halfway almond mom house unless your dessert every night was a spoonful of peanut butter. 
That is what I ate most nights for dessert. Just a big ass spoonful of peanut butter. That would really be if I really wanted to have the authentic Y two K pick of the week, snack of the week. I would just bring a, a spoon of Jif peanut butter. Oh my god. Anyway. Um. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I I loved peanut butter. I didn't eat. I ate PB and J's like a little bit. Uh, they were in my rotation of school lunches, but not like was not my favorite of school lunches but yeah spoonfuls of peanut butter uh were like really integral to my sanity the fox and the hound the fox and the hound so like i said i well, I guess we should say like about something about this you like these? oh yeah i like them i like i said i thought that it was really funky tasting jelly and i couldn't quite figure out why that was yeah. i wish i would have just read the label yeah. um moving on to fox and the hound i loved this movie as a kid like I said, I really, really did. And I had just, like, I it, it was one of those things where, like, if if you had asked me at the beginning of the movie, what is the plot synopsis of this movie? I don't think I could have tell, told you. I think the common misconception is, like, it's a fox and a hound and they hang out. Yeah. I think, like, you know, if you would, yeah, I would have said that, the, like, before the movie started. But it was one of those things where, like, as soon as the movie started, I kept just going, like, Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. Oh my god, I I remember that this sets this up. Like I fully like I I realized so much throughout the process of watching it. Well, really as soon as we started watching, uh Fox's mom just gets murdered in the first 3 seconds. Which can Disney like calm the fuck down on the orphans? <laughs> like why does everybody have a parent that dies? A single parent that dies, of course, making them an orphan. Doesn't we didn't watch Bambi for our series I haven't seen Bambi in a long, long time. Doesn't Bambi's mom at least, like, make it 20, 25 minutes? I don't think so. I, I, I think she's in it some. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. In this, she doesn't even make it out of the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. Fox it's the brutal. Bad. <laughs> yeah, and, like, to die from a gun. Like, that's just, oh, God, it's brutal. Um, so instantly, yeah, uh, Mama Fox dies. And she leaves this little tiny tyke. This little, little, little baby uh, in the kind of, um, you know, next to a fence so that she can try and run off and she gets nicked and uh, he's he's stuck there. And, and uh, the Mama Owl, what is she her name? She doesn't get nicked. She gets her head blown off. True. Uh, what is the Mama Owl's name? It's Mama. It's Big Mama. Big Mama. Thank it's you. Pearl Bailey, which is like perfect casting. I loved Big Mama as a kid. Like, Big Mama was my mama. Like, I I remember feeling so deeply comforted by Big Mama's character. Like, there was just something about her that made me, like, literally warm and fuzzy inside. Like, I just loved her so, so much. Um, I did not remember the birds that well. I don't remember them having that much to do, like, as much as they did, but they're cute. But Big Mama is just so special to me. Yeah, she's great. Um, so I feel like, you know, it's to give you a synopsis, if you don't know, it's essentially about a, a, a little tiny fox, a baby fox and a baby hound dog who become friends and they make all these memories over like a season. I'm going to push back a little bit and I'm going to say the movie's really about the fox. Yeah. His name is Todd. Todd. It's really just about Todd because, um, they're really not friends for that much of the movie. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one reason why people think it's, like, a movie about their friendship. 
is because it's called the Fox and That's the Hound. why he gets first billing. And, like, everyone remembers that, like, adorable um, when they meet each other in the tree trunk thing. But then they're only friends for, like, ten more minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's when these movies are, you know, 78 minutes or whatever. Like, things aren't going to happen fast. But I, I remember being like, wow, they really – they're really just banking on the fact that we're going to go with the fact that they had a good relationship. Yeah. So they meet up every day to play and they're just best buds. And they say they're going to be best buds forever because they're two little, you know, tykes. And then, um, uh, the hound, which does the hound have a name? I can't remember. Yeah. It's, it's um, um, copper. copper, copper. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, copper, the hound dog, uh, has to go, uh, to learn how to be a, a hunting dog. And what do they hunt in that family? They hunt foxes. And so uh, Todd, who is kind of adopted by a lady who lives in the country um, because he, he doesn't have a family of his own, um, she knows that, you know, everybody knows that that's that the family that Copper is a part of hunts foxes. And so when he goes well, away... a bunch of things, but including foxes. Yes. Uh, and they have like a whole shed dedicated to all their fox furs. Um, and so basically, um, uh, copper is, you know, has to go away. He has to go for a away, away for a year with the family and he's going to go learn how to be a hunter. And big mama says, when copper comes back, you're not going to be friends anymore. And Todd goes, what big mama? That's crazy. We're best friends. <laughs> he calls bullshit. Yeah. He calls bullshit. And she goes, no, you're going to be the enemy when, when he comes back. Uh, cause he's going to do what he's told. And it's devastating. It is, like, truly devastating. And um, then, uh, you know, he comes back. Well, and there's, there's a hint of it where, like, when they first meet, they meet, they're, they're babies. They meet in this, like, tree trunk. And Copper goes, like, oh, woo, 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 woo. And um, what's his name? I just lost it. Todd. Todd, thank you. Just I'll a, tell you Todd. You tell me Copper. It's weird, weird name for a fox, I think. Um it's also Todd with one D. <laughs> he goes like, what are you doing, Copper? And he goes like, woo, woo, woo. I'm supposed to bark when I find a fox. Woo, woo, woo. Which is like, it's or when just, I find something. Which is a, a, so cute. He's got his little and it's baby so, voice. It's so funny because like there are times where they use real animal sounds for the dogs. But at this particular moment, it is a little boy or a little girl maybe doing a woo, woo, woo. And it's like, that's hysterical. And like that's what. That's what dogs sound like. Like, one one thing I loved about this, and we'll talk about that more later, is, like, we have a puppy. He's our entire world. We don't shut up about him. And, like, they got a lot of the puppy. They got a lot of the little little animal stuff, right? Um, and that just, like, doesn't know what his bark is yet is so adorable. But, like, in their first meeting, it's like, oh, you're a fox. Um, I'm not supposed to like you. Yeah. Um, but they quickly look past it because they just have so much fun together. Um, and it's, it's just so cute. And so, uh, essentially, it, it's really just a movie about f- friendship. And I think what's – and the way that friendship changes over time. And I think something that this movie does so well thematically is the idea – and you can – there are a zillion interpretations you can put this into. There are, are a zillion examples you can kind of take this theme for. But it is a beautiful, 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 beautiful portrait of – life getting in the way of your innocence and how when you're young you see people at face value are they nice to me do I have fun playing with them do I like their smile and do they make me feel warm and special 
then I like you and I love you and I want to be your friend. And it is life, it is other people, it is opinions, it is perceptions, it is news, it is all of these things that taint your mind and make you have different opinions on things and people. And how that can break friendships and how people grow apart, not because they're, for lack of a better word, souls are not connected, <coughs> excuse me, um, <coughs> but because they, um, their opinions have changed because of all of the, the, they, all of the opinions that they consume throughout their life. It's, it's sort of a parable of discrimination. Yeah. In some way, what, in whatever way. How, like, discrimination is a taught thing. Yeah. It's a nature. Like, bias is taught. It's a nature versus nurture thing, I think. <laughs> and, um, Todd does not understand that. He doesn't understand why Copper, he and Copper can't be friends. And then they grow up and they're not full size. And, and sure enough, um, you know, Copper and his hunters are hunting and they, they, roll up on Todd he goes like dude you gotta get out of here I can't get caught with you I don't want to hunt you I don't want to bark when I find you but like you gotta go because they're coming and I'm about to have to give you up and Todd just does not understand yeah and it's also like you in terms of that nature versus nurture thing it's like you look at their owners and Todd's owner is a sweet old lady who is just, like, kind-hearted and her, like, definitive characteristic is that she is sweet and meek and loves everything, you know, seemingly. Um, And Copper's owner is a trigger-happy hunter who is a hothead and loves to scream and yell and is mean to people and, you know, hates all animals except for his dogs and is always pissed off about something. So, like, you go and see how those two animals are essentially raised and um, you, like, really get a, an understanding of, like, how how their friendship evolves because of that. Yeah, and um, they're, like, you just feel so bad for Todd, like, the entire movie. The entire movie, like. I cried the whole way through. His mom gets killed. Um, nobody wants to be his friend. Copper grows up and has to disown him. He embarrasses himself in front of the hot fox girl. Like, he just. The foxy fox. He just, like, cannot win. No. No. My man stays losing. <laughs> um, but he wins by being a sweetheart. He is. He's absolutely adorable. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, like, there's so much that happens in this movie. They do not shy away from just brutal reality checks. Um, you know, when this relationship begins to kind of, uh, I don't know, disintegrate, uh, and Todd goes to, and Todd goes to see, um, Copper for the first time when he gets back and Copper says like, dude, we can't really be friends anymore. Something that happens in, in, in that is Copper's owner sees Todd and chases him down with his gun and Copper tries to help kind of, but not really. And then Todd still gets seen and he ends up being on railroad tracks and, uh, the other dog, Copper's brother, for lack of a better term, chief, chief um, sees him. And goes after him. And Chief ends up getting hit by a fucking train, <laughs> cracking his neck on a rock, falling into the water, and survives with only a broken leg to show for it. And after that, Copper goes like, you are now my enemy, Todd. Okay, so let's talk about this. So here's here's the history lesson for folks at home. Disney Dark Ages. Uh, uh, Walt Disney dies during production of The Jungle Book. 
And so the next couple movies after The Jungle Book are still sort of considered during Walt's era because he greenlit them and he had something to do with them. And then there's like roughly, and I'm not a Disney historian in the way that some people are, but the, the TLDRs, there's roughly a 15-year period where they don't really know what they want to do as a company. Um, nobody really wants to lead. Nobody really has great ideas. Um, a bunch of animators led by Don Bluth leave in the early 80s in the middle of making The Fox and the Hound, actually, and they go create their own animation studio. And it's just sort of a time of, like, financial turmoil for the company. Um, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg come in. We talked about them during some of our DreamWorks episodes. But it takes them a couple years to kind of steer the ship in the direction that they want to take it. And so there is this, like, <clears throat> the 80s especially, everything up until Little Mermaid, is made under this, like, just sort of... Let's throw spaghetti at the wall and see what's sick. Kind of. Like, the, the hierarchy is iffy of the company, and just things aren't aren't going well. And so, turns out, Chief was supposed to die. I remember Chief dying. I think that's just That's a Mandela. Effect. That is like legit a Mandela effect because I know I'm not the only person that remembers Chief dying. And um that was like one of the sort of uh things that was representative of where do we want to go as a company? And I want to read this from the Wikipedia page. In an earlier version of the film, Chief was slated to die as he did in the novel. However, the scene was modified to have him survive with a broken leg. Animator Ron Clements, who had briefly transitioned into the story department, protested. Chief has to die. The picture doesn't work if he just breaks his leg. Copper doesn't have motivation to hate the fox. Now, Ron Clements obviously went on to be a Disney legend. We all know who he is. Directs The Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, Princess and the Frog, and Moana. Zootopia, my favorite. He produced Zootopia. Um, those are the ones that he directed. And uh, so, like, and I, I agree with him on top of the fact that I agree with him, I think, just because, like, he knows what he's doing. He's made some really, really great movies. Um, he's right. It's weird when Copper goes, like, I'm going to get you for this, Todd, when really all that happens is that Chief runs in front of a train literally snaps his, his neck and he's like fine so what i okay here's what i need it's and like I, essential in this in the arc of the story for them to be not just like eh, we can't be friends but to be like bitter enemies so that obviously spoilers for a movie that's 40 years old in the end there's gonna be a moment where there is a gun in todd's face and because todd is sort of Redeemed himself. Redeemed himself in front of Copper. Copper has to stand in front of that gun, and they all get to live happily ever after, right? And which is a great moment, but you have to have them be um, t completely at odds. And Chief breaking his leg and being fine doesn't really accomplish that. And I think that that is like the I don't want to say the downfall of the movie because I think the movie is really great, but I think it is like a a major story problem with the movie. And if Chief had died, it, very I mean, valid critique. It would have been unbearably sad i mean this movie <laughs> like yeah, if, as if it wasn't enough. sad enough <laughs> um but i think it really would have made it like a sort of spotless like this is how narrative arcs work kind of thing i agree i i completely agree um i don't know if i could have handled much more uh because i cried my entire way through this i mean my entire way through this i found it so unbearably sad but but brilliant like just so brilliant um 
you know, I am just going to say this is my one bit of beef. So, if you didn't know, Tim Burton was the animator on this before he was Tim Burton, and he was Burton Comic Tim, as a joke that I made earlier. a ton of people who were animators on this um, that went on to be, uh, I'm going to pull up the list that went on to be, you know, household names. Um, So, obviously, Tim Burton is now an independent auteur of animation, um, but he was just a guy who animated for Disney at the time. Uh, John Lasseter, who, of course, went on to direct... uh, uh, the Incredibles and a bunch of other Pixar movies, and uh, no, no, I'm sorry, John Lasseter went to run Pixar. Brad Bird, who went on to direct uh, The Incredibles and Ratatouille and a bunch of Pixar movies. Um, but I will. Here's my one gripe with Tim Burton here in an otherwise, I think, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful animation. Um, Not his fault. He well, was just drawn. No, shit. I know. I, I'm just picking a name. But um, when Chief falls off, you, like, literally see him crack his neck. So it doesn't make sense visually for his leg to be broken. I understand you don't want to go back and, like, you know, redraw that part. But, like, what the fuck? It says in the in the Wikipedia page that they were, like, they animated a thing of Chief uh, having a broken leg, like, at home nursing his broken leg, just to, like, test, just as, like, test footage, basically. And then when they realized that it worked, they just plugged it in. And they didn't Ugh. go back and fix anything. Probably because the company was broke as shit and they were already like six months behind. I'm sure. But it's just like, there's no way. It, with seeing the accident happen, you go like, literally, there's no other thing than for Chief to die. It says the only thing that they changed about that scene with Chief is um, they show him opening his eyes when he lays it. That's the only thing they went back and reanimated. Yeah, because otherwise he's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, which doesn't even make sense opening his eyes. Um, anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really intense movie. It is really rich thematically and it is so, uh, it doesn't hold back with any emotional elements with just these really, like, I know that so many of these themes went over my head as a kid. Like, I started literally sobbing at one part, or at, one, at one point during watching this, because I had this, like, genuine cathartic moment where I felt like this movie that I cared so much about, about just, like, clicked for me. Like, not in a way that, like, I'm an adult, of course I understand, but it, I just felt like, oh my god, I'm, I'm re-watching this for the first time since I was a child, and suddenly I, I get it. Like, it's just such a, like, you know, thing. And I just, like, burst out into a sob at one point when I went... Todd just wants him to be his friend and like I could cry right now saying that because I just had this like moment of like deep deep catharsis of like oh my gosh like all of this went over my head as a kid but how beautiful of a sentiment is this no I agree and I think it's I think um one thing that we would talk about a lot early on in doing this is like we did Snow White we did um uh Lady and the Tramp and I said, like, I don't know, like, a ton of lessons that are being learned in, in some of these early movies. Obviously, these are not early movies anymore. We're 40 years into the company. But you can go, like, okay, I'm starting to see um, uh, how they're becoming parables and not just here's a nice story. Obviously, Cinderella's got some stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. But this is very much like, you know, put this on at Sunday school. Yeah, I mean, you, you could absolutely – Use this in a classroom and, and discuss theme. I mean, you for older kids, hopefully, or else it's, Trauma. you know, traumatizing. <laughs> um, but, you know, you really can teach theme through this movie because it, it's so great in that aspect. 
And there's, it's also a perfect example of a children's movie with no clear resolution. Because at the end of the movie, the final frame is um, Todd and, what is the female fox's name? Uh, Vixie, I think her name is. I think it's Vixie. Um, Todd and Vixie standing on a, um, a cliff sort of thing, looking down on the farm where Copper lives. And Copper is in his little doghouse with Chief next to him, and uh, he's living that life. And it is this understanding that, like, Todd and Vixie are going to continue to live on the game preserve. They are far away. You can see that in the shot. But they are looking down on this life that, not necessarily Vixie, but Todd is looking down on this life that he, I think, always will mourn a little bit and always wish things that would go differently. But even though Copper stood in front of him and, and spared his life in that moment with the gun in his face, he knows that he st- that that doesn't change the fact that they can't be friends. It doesn't mean that he's not going to piss off his owner and actually get a get popped. Like he knows that there are risks that are not worth his life down there, even though he like yearns for that life in a big way. And it is so melancholy. It is so like large scale in terms of the thought, and it's just beautiful. So obviously there's a point uh, in the 90s and 2000s when Disney, you know, they the renaissance hits and they've exploded and their Disney Channel and VHS is huge and, you know, the company's back and they open up Disney Toon Studios to do all of these um, sort of direct to uh, VHS movies. Like, you know, everybody knows Aladdin 3, you know, and Pocahontas 2 and... Uh, I remember ads at the time for The Lion King one and a half. You remember ads for The Lion King one and a half? Yes. Um, the Fox and the Hound got a sequel, The Fox and the Hound 2, but it's not a sequel. It's uh, it's a Fox and the Hound one and a half because it takes place in the time that they are best young and best buds. Yes, I think maybe I remember this. Maybe I watched it. We were like 10, so maybe not. Maybe just remember like the ads or something or caught it on Disney Channel or something. But um, – it's it's like oh yeah well they there's nowhere there's no two <laughs> you know if they want to make another fox and the hound they got to squeeze in a story within the story yeah um gosh it just you know it goes at lightning speed but it never feels like certain elements or themes are getting uh screwed it feels like, you know, I know that I just said it's a perfect example for a, a children's movie with no resolution, and that is true. But otherwise, thematically, everything is tied up in a nice little bow. Uh, and even though it has a short run time and it's four children and they are, like, literally charging at lightning speed, you don't feel like it's going too fast. You don't feel like you don't have time to grapple with the intense emotions of the movie. It is, like, pretty perfectly paced. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm just, you know, really blown away by by this movie and and how tremendous it is. Um, I you know was nervous in watching it today because, you know, we've revisited several of these movies and I haven't had much to say about them or I've gone like ah this didn't really hold up and you know this was a movie that I held so near and dear to me but I was so pleasantly surprised with not only the fact that I did remember so much of it once it started playing because then that always makes me go like oh I was right this was like a you know a special memory I always get nervous that I've like totally doubted myself like sometimes we watch things and I go like oh 
I don't remember this nearly as much as I should for it being my favorite movie. And that kind of bums me out and makes me get really deep in, in you know, uh, uh, yearn for my childhood. Um, but um, this is like, I, I felt excited that not only did I remember so much of it, but it just holds up in, I mean, an even better way. Like it's even, I feel like, you know, better for an older child slash adult that can actually grapple with its themes than it is for a child. Yeah, you know, we had considered for this spot, we were like, um, we didn't know if we were going to have the time to rewatch anything, and we were like, whoa, should we do, like, uh, like maybe, like, top ten Disneys or something? And um, I had put my list together, and I was like, well, these are just the things that I've rewatched in the past five years, or at least, like, I don't think I've seen The Lion King in the past five years, but it's The Lion King, you know? So it's, like, the handful of things that I are, like, tried and true, and then, like, the handful that I've watched in the past five years... And, like, this is such a great example of, like, I'm glad we didn't do that, and it's sort of impossible to do that. Like, it's impossible to rewatch all, you know, 60 of these movies or however many they are, you know. But I would not have included The Fox and the Hound on my top ten. I probably would now. Now, is it, like, you know, is it going to beat The Lion King? Is it going to beat Beauty and the Beast? No, it's not. But, like, it could be an eight, nine, or ten on that list. Oh, I think it's way higher for me. I gave this a four and a half. Because I truly feel like it is borderline perfect. Think I think other than the, the chief thing that I think is just kind of a glaring issue, and other than the fact that I do think that it would have been more effective if we had seen more of Todd and um, Copper having fun together, I think that it is about as – I think it is a true four and a half for me. Like, yep, it is exactly one half star down. You think it's better than, like, The Lion King? Um – I, I haven't seen those movies in a long time. I don't want to say that, like, it is it is not as good as The Lion King. Maybe it is – or, sorry, I don't want to say that it's better than The Lion King. It might be as good as The Lion King for me. I think there's a bunch of, like, I just, like, you can't deny them. I think Beauty and the Beast is a perfect movie pretty and then much. that's where you go, like, five stars or for me, sure. right? You go five stars. Yeah, there, I'm saving room for there to be a genuinely perfect movie. Sure. Uh, maybe Lion King is that. I don't know. I haven't seen it in enough time. Or maybe Jungle Book is that. I don't know. I haven't seen it in, in, in recently enough. But I feel like this is a, a tried and true four and a half star for me. So not only did you get to pick this week's movie, you also get the movie in two weeks because uh, it's your birthday movie. I feel like I should have gotten today since you got your birthday coming up, but it's fine. Well, my birthday's coming up. But I so that's why I get today, because it's my birthday month. I didn't get to pick anything for my birthday. We were in the strikes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay, so I have two things. Two things. Yeah, I have two things. It's going to be a long episode. Yeah, we're going to watch one of them, but go ahead. No, one of them is not a movie. Okay. So the first thing is I'm picking a show because I can. And, and that is. And that's what it's going to be. Uh, that is H2O. I would also like to watch some of my home videos because you did that and I liked that idea. So can I, can we watch that just for my, my sake? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm choosing H2O just out, just add water, the hit Australian TV show, um, that made every single tween girl obsessed with the idea of becoming a mermaid. It's slightly out of our uh, 1995 to 2005 range I think where it's like right on the brink of 2005 but it's my birthday I get to cheat a little bit and you know it's cold it's winter here or I guess it's fall when when that episode is coming out almost winter um and I felt like let's go to the tropical island of Mako in in Australia and and let's just add water 
Um, I fucking loved H2O as a kid. I was obsessed with it. I watched it nonstop. Um, obviously the famous, like, Ornor, Cleor, like, I feel like, you know, I just, like, I ate this shit up. Um, and I'm so excited to revisit it. Like, I am truly just, I'm itching. So what we have, I believe I got this at the dollar store, is H2O Just Add Water, the complete season one on DVD, still in the package. And when you said it was a show, I was like, that's right, I guess, because I remember buying a season when I when I stumbled upon this. But I remember it being a movie. Sure enough, on the back, bonus features, a 90-minute telemovie of season one. So I guess what I remember is them... I guess they, like, combined... We're going to do the research in two weeks, obviously. They combined a bunch of clips from the season and turned it into a movie? That's what I remember being on TV. I remember the series. Um, I remember there being a, like, longer... Or maybe it was, like, a two-part episode um, about, like, the of the pilot of, like, when they become mermaids and it was, like, the cliffhanger was that they become mermaids and the second one was, like, them grappling with it. Like, I feel like I could quote it borderline but i do remember it being like episodic so yeah uh wikipedia says that h2o just add water the movie this tv movie summarized the events of the beginning of series one using clips from the episodes metamorphosis pool party catch of the day party girls love sick the deadman affair and the siren effect wow so i will watch the movie with you ah. and then you can watch as many episodes as you want okay sure sure um, I'm very excited for this. Um, I might find some clips of, like, other seasons online if I can. Because I do feel like I remember watching other older, like, or other, like, seasons of the show. And I, I just always like to have a reference of, like, oh, the show changed so much. And, you know, I, I we like to do that in, in any shows that we watch. We try and watch one from a couple other seasons. Um, but, yeah, I'm just so excited because I loved this show so much. And I'm just really excited for this to be a birthday pick for me. Great. I'm, I'm happy that you're excited. Um, yeah, you want to close us out? Real quick, all the places you can find us, our website, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. It's the home of everything that we do in this podcast, every podcast, every review that we write, every column that we write. You can find everything over at FeaturePresentationVideo.com. It's all free. You can put your email address in. We will send you everything we do for free. You can find this show at Y2KidsPod on Twitter. You can also also, also send us an email, Y2KidsPod at gmail.com. You can find me on Letterboxd.TaylorMalone, where I currently have my first viral review going, going or my first review going viral, um, which is very exciting, and I've had to turn off notifications. Uh, let's do a live check, shall we, just because I like to flex. Uh, let's see how many likes we're at, folks. Do, 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 do. Let's see, let's see. 1,600. Very exciting. So you can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone uh, for more banging uh, reviews. <laughs> and you can find me on, on X at Mailer Talone. Uh, you can find me at Patrick J. Regal. Everywhere you find people online, the best place to find us is our website, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. You will find this episode in your ears in two weeks. H2O, just add water. See you then.